Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. I am your host, Demetrius Malbro. And on this episode of The Gumbo, I have the pleasure of speaking with Debjeet Bakchi, uh, who is a senior technical marketing engineer at Pure Storage. And he is also primarily focused on the products foundation platform and file services. Uh, He also started as an application developer trainee at Indian Space Research, after which he worked on various products in storage and data protection at Dell EMC and even Cohesity before joining Pure Storage. So, Debjeet, welcome to the gumbo. How are you? I'm doing good, Matrice, and thank you for having me. Awesome. So... Tell, tell us something that, that I, I didn't know, that I didn't read uh, on, on your bio that, you know, you would like to share with the listeners. <laughs> well, well, you kind of covered it all, but yeah. So all in all, I have, I have kind of uh, worked across various uh, storage and data protection products, um, mm-hmm. worked as a solutions architect um, uh, at, at Dell EMC, and we had to work with a lot of customers back and back forth. And um, and then we joined uh, kind of the data protection team, and uh, it was it was great understanding the data protection strategies coming in from the storage background. And then uh, finally at PR Storage, everything kind of converged in where where we are doing amazing uh, tech in both uh, storage as well as data protection, and and partnering with one of with. with best in the industry that we have right now so it's it's been a very very uh it's been a learning journey to be honest and i'm, I'm super grateful to have one so yeah a learning journey i haven't heard a, a learning journey before but uh i may have to take that from you and uh let, let's talk a little bit about just overall data in general so there's all different types of data unstructured data structured data uh, that exists within the database. There's dark data, data that customers and organizations don't even know exist. I mean, and it's everywhere. It's it's on premises. It's uh, on the edge. It's in the cloud. I mean, data is scattered across all different types of methodologies. It's stored in different formats, etc. And I want to tap your brain about that. So, what what is the best way to deal with, let's say, unstructured data first and foremost debg yeah yeah Th- thank you thank you for uh diverging on to unstructured data because ex- that's exactly what i'm kind of working on as well uh here at pr so uh, so now let me take you through the evolution of how things happen and and so we we know that unstructured data primarily consists of files objects or both right and and traditionally speaking uh we had dedicated storage and compute resources uh, that were used to store and access unstructured data. Uh, And we had object storage systems that were typically low performing and designed for archive data, while file storage systems could be real complex and challenging to scale as well. 
So the, the result of all of this uh, was an inefficient use of uh, resources, if you will, uh, with separate storage silos, as you were saying, for each type of data. So you had separate uh, storage silos for file systems, separate storage silos for object data. And now, uh, then came the time when uh, some storage systems uh, started providing both file and object storage on, on the same platform via a front end of either object protocol on file or file protocol on object. So one over the other. So in, in this design specifically, either files or objects are prioritized over each other. Right, and and therefore, what happens is uh, these gateway solutions come at the cost of lower efficiency and performance uh, for either files or objects because they are on top of each other. And uh, today's modern applications uh, need to access, they need to analyze, and they need to restore massive amounts of unstructured data at a very high performance level. And now, although all storage vendors uh, have access to the same commodity hardware components, how the software takes advantage of the hardware is very critical. And, and that, that's very critical to meet the needs of the modern applications, as I was saying. So in short, the architecture of your storage system really matters. And uh, traditionally, the architectures could deliver like high performance as well back in the day for small or large files and sequential data or random file workloads. But modern data workloads require much more. They require higher performance. They require rich data services like snapshots and replication and scale, right? So you have to scale with performance. You have to scale with capacity. And, and for example, consider the amount of data that is generated by sensors or real-time video processing or financial services applications and uh, predictive analysis. So all of this is huge. And, and a storage platform would stand out from the others in its performance, in its scalability, like I was saying, and very, very important simplicity or ease of use. Right. So the architecture really matters because a solution that meets all of these criteria uh, not only depends on the software design itself, but it also depends on how the software takes advantage of the hardware. And uh, in, in, in this sense, hardware does matter. And uh, a better way to say it is uh, that architecture matters because architecture includes both hardware and software. So in, in, the, in the recent years, though, we have seen a heavy uh, development on a unified fast file and object solutions for storage platforms. So that we, we call it as UFFO, so unified fast file and object. So now that, that has independent, uh, independent file and object stores on the back end and native protocols to access uh, the data in each store. And now NFS, SMB allow for file access, and S3 provides access to the object data. So now this UFFO platform uh, has a core data store and uh, advanced uh, metadata management, which has become increasingly important with the modern applications. And that kind of provides the uh, multi-dimensional performance, if you will. And, and this architecture has the ability to take consolidation to the next level 
And so this UFFO platform delivers all of those things that we were lacking before and what's needed with the modern application. Let that be scalability, uh, predictable performance with high throughput, and, and can work and handle tens of billions of files and objects. Maybe, maybe help the, the Gumbo listeners out. So unstructured data and... What's super important are the workloads. So what, what types of applications that you're seeing generate, let's say, the most unstructured data? Maybe not the most unstructured data, but some of the, I guess, customers that you're seeing that has the most critical applications or applications that will be deemed as critical or mission critical to their business that creates lots of unstructured data. What are you seeing out in the wild? Sure. Yeah. So uh, right now, uh, as as a uh, product company, we're kind of focused on six segments, and and that could be uh, data protection, uh, where we are kind of focusing on rapid restores, and uh, we are seeing a lot of uh, unstructured data coming in from EDA, uh, where in the semiconductor industry, and then you say EDA. Have, yes, electronic design and automation. Uh, so that's the semiconductor industry for you. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then you have uh, the genomics and healthcare uh, yep. and PACs. And then uh, you have certain things uh, with uh, uh, the other uh, scalable with AI and uh, ML languages, right? Mm-hmm. So all of the data that is being created from AI, ML, modern application workloads and analytics, all of these are kind of the target modern application unstructured modern application data creating tools yeah okay okay yeah so the large language models that's that's the hype right now chat gpt and generative ai and agi i mean it's you you can't go one day now without not hearing something about artificial intelligence and i think i just read that the major ceos and, and and players now are trying to get some regulation because they're like, look, things could get really bad with artificial intelligence if we don't put some type of rules and regulations around it. But that's kind of backwards, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't they have done that first before, <laughs> before they let the cat out of the bag? But oh, yeah, well, that's just my thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and there, uh, there are uh, different ways or different approaches to look at it. I mean, one way would be to see that uh, where was your vision, right? Question the vision uh, of of the leaders and and the uh, tech leaders, and and then one would be the sudden surge of things that uh, no one could kind of foresee, right? And and mm-hmm. to err is human, right? And uh, uh, every, everybody kind of got mixed in that uh, race to understand what's changing, and it was changing very rapidly. And now that we have seen the change happen, and uh, we have we have seen the modern applications uh, take in charge, I think the road moving forward, uh, at least for technology leaders, would be a little easier than before because you would know where uh, the industry is going towards. So where, where's the next frontier for storage is that artificial intelligent disks right and data the the disks would actually know what type of application it is and they just automatically back up that information in the correct way uh, because it's super smart and it knows wow this is a 
this is an exchange database or this is a, you know, EDA or this is this type of data. So let's go ahead and route it to the appropriate storage, whether it's cold, hot, cloud, you know, S3, Azure, whatever the case may be. What, what, what's the next frontier? What are you, what are you seeing? Yeah. So, uh, most of uh, the storage vendors uh, have have started working on uh, putting in certain AI models in in their storage systems. Soon, you will you will see a lot of things happening as well coming in from different vendors. But uh, as as you kind of mentioned, that how would tiering happen? Tiering would probably happen just by checking which was frequently accessed hot data or, or cold data, right? And and it would kind of uh, define data sets by itself and, and move the data here and there. So that's, that's probably one of the biggest use cases that I can see. And uh, the biggest um, other, other big use cases that I see is a troubleshooting and a diagnosability. Uh, with uh, AI. So now with storage systems, uh, kind of one thing is that you are dealing with hardware and uh, hardware will break at a certain point in time. So, uh, or, or it will have certain problems if not break. Uh, so you should have that ability uh, or storage systems should have that ability to kind of detect and diagnose um, errors or, or problems before it happens. Right, and and then kind of if it even happens after, yeah, it it should be able to give you a root cause analysis of what exactly happened in there, and what should be the next steps, right? Because nobody wants to go to the back to the storage vendor and and ask for technical support. They want to kind of clear out the errors then and there itself, right? So it, it sounds like it would help the site reliability engineers to do their job. Better, or maybe it'll put them out of a job. I don't I think, know. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, so I, I read this. So uh, AI uh, is, is kind of going to help technology move forward, for sure. Uh, but each and every person needs to understand where the AI models are put in, right? So if you understand where the AI models are working out for and, and you understand where uh, they will need, of course, they'll need human intervention. So always prepare yourself for that. So. I think I think that would be the best tip, uh, at least that I can I can probably give moving forward. Okay, and as far as so we're talking data and we're talking all different types of data, unstructured, structured data, all different types of applications, and it deems to be like super critical to make sure that th- those workloads or that application, the one that generates the most revenue for your company, and if that system was down, let's say you you had a a disk down. Right. Yeah, there's technology that can, you know, rebuild another disk and reroute that to, you know, another storage layer. What do you see around just data protection and and other methods to protect the the data and to make sure that a recovery is like just not too far away? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first of all, as you said, you have to define your uh, critical assets, right? And as, as a company, you would never want to lose any data, right? So data is your most critical asset. So protecting it should really be a no-brainer. So nobody should kind of think that, hey, I'm good with not protecting my data, right? Uh, so now with uh, the rise in ransomware attacks, 
and and there are infrastructure issues, human errors, potentially anything that can happen to the software or the hardware that causes data loss. So all of this, if if you if you kind of get to a data loss and you you do not have a backup to uh, fall back to, it kind of damages the reputation and and questions the integrity of the company before anything else, right? So the, as you said, the revenue losses, legal regulatory compliance issues, all of those things follow. But the first thing that happens is it, it damages the reputation and it questions the integrity, right? So so it's it's very important uh, that being a uh, data-centric company, you should always think about backing up the data, but that should not stop you from checking recoveries, okay? So recovering the data should be fast as well. So one one thing that I've learned uh, in, in my career that um, in your solution that you're giving out to the customer, it should be super resilient, right? It should be resilient enough to not lose data, and that's it, period. And if, uh, God forbid, it, if data loss happens, your solution should be able to recover the data as fast as possible. So, so that is, that is the only anecdote that I have for them. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, that's, that's what I do backup recovery. And now you, you mentioned ransomware. So security and backup and recovery and data protection, these are all converging and they're also beginning to be one and the same, um, same toolkit. Right. So if ransomware happens, then, of course, you you need ways in order to minimize the number of bad actors that are able to get in or stop stop the ones that are already in that may even be employed at that company. Right. Like the zero trust model, et cetera. Um, but what, what what are some of the some of the ways just from a disk subsystem perspective that people can do to make sure that the data that's sitting on that particular piece of hardware that's storing the data uh, is keeping that data as protected as possible. The, the first question that should come into mind is what good are the backups if you cannot restore them and, mm-hmm. and restore them quickly, as I was uh, saying before, right? And as of now, we have entered the era of business continuity, right? So giving backups and restores the same priority is very important for for all the companies and and you should always evaluate the vendor's restore strategy so there 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 would be certain things where you would see that the backups are completing super fast and you are super happy about it but what about the restore right so always uh, go ahead and and evaluate a vendor's restore strategy when when you're kind of buying a solution from a vendor and uh, the the rapid recovery aspect is is kind of really resonating with CIOs right now across different companies as I can see and then we have as a company PR storage has kind of invested a lot on uh, rapid recovery as a use case segment uh, for the storage systems where we are helping uh, people recover the data as as soon as they can. And uh, so modern uh, data protection strategy, if you ask me, uh, should be looked into at like a three-step strategy. So first would be like mechanisms to detect uh, faster, detect anomalies faster and safeguard against attacks. So awareness is something that is super important. And and Mm -hmm. you should train every employee in the company 
before depending on software that could detect anomalies. So IT should make sure that you uh, they have all the uh, security patches up to date on everything running in their infrastructure, and every employee should go with uh, go ahead with their security trainings and uh, should gain awareness of what is normal and what is not, what is anomalous behavior right before you depend on a software to do that for you because your software is again using machine learning right so it would it would take about 10 to 20 days for that software to detect hey that was anomalous right that's that's not normal uh, what what just happened now uh, because it has been tracking the behavior for the last 20 days but if uh, the employees of the company uh, were were a kind of intelligent enough or were aware enough to understand that hey this is a problem that we are seeing the the uh, the attack would have never happened on the first place right and so this is the first part that I that I kind of always talk to. So uh, mechanisms to detect faster and and always train your employees. And the second uh, step kind of would be to uh, minimize the impact, right? Uh, so how would you do that? You would take a backup, right? And you would keep it in a safe mode. A kind of a place that we do uh, with FlashBlade at Pure Storage. So we have safe mode snapshots uh, where we kind of encrypt and and we make sure that the snapshots are immutable. So that's how you minimize the impact of an attack so that you have backups that are safe and secure and you can restore from them. And, and finally, the third one, uh, as I have been uh, saying, is fast recovery. So set your SLAs and ask vendors to constantly prove by testing restores periodically. That's it, right? So you would have to make sure that the recover, recoveries are fast. Yeah, and I was waiting on you to say those words. I was waiting on you to say encryption. I was waiting on you to say immutability. I was waiting on you to say uh, fast recovery. So you, you've touched on everything that I was going to mention and because uh, I, I knew encryption was a big one. And I was going to ask you if you had heard of immutability before. And if you had said no, I was like, where have you been? No, I agree. Deep? I agree. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. everyone's yeah. talking about it, yeah. right? Uh, storage and, and backup world, right? So, uh, yeah, one, one more final question for you. Uh, you. You're a smart guy. So you, you, you've, you've passed my test. You get an A+. Plus. <laughs> Not that I was testing you, but I'm, I'm thrilled to, to have you on the show here. What, what are you reading? Now, what type of types of books or podcasts or YouTube videos? What, what do you What do you do? What are you watching in for fun? Uh, so, if uh, so, for fun, I'd, I'd normally go back and watch something very nonsensical, mm-hmm. right? Because that kind of clears my head. To be very honest, I mean, mm. uh, I I just I just don't want to get into the reality all the time. So that kind of helps me escape reality for a certain amount of time. But then again, but all for fun, right? So uh, there are so with YouTube, uh, I. All of us have a lot of content, right? And and with Netflix coming in, we have a lot of content to watch. And yeah, I'm 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 not a vivid reader. Uh, if 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 there is something that I have to catch up to, I'll go ahead and probably uh, watch a video then read because my wife, who's a teacher, tells me I am uh, visual sensitive. That means I can learn faster by seeing or uh, seeing a, a movie or a video than reading. So, yeah, I kind of try to follow my wife. Okay, that. yeah, that, that's why I'm doing lightboard videos now. So, 
you know, you can draw things out and also explain the technical aspects of it and connect all the dots together. So, yeah, super, super enjoyed the conversation. And I am sure the Gumbo listeners will walk away with some nuggets of information as well. Uh, any any final shout out or anything you you would like to leave the gumbo listeners with, Debji? Um, yeah, just uh, just one thing that um, since we were talking about artificial intelligence, right? And um, I, I just wanted to uh, kind of make sure that people uh, understand how AI has become a part of our daily life, right? And, and there has been so much debate going on that how much we should be relying on AI. Uh, but all said and done, AI can help a lot uh, with, with technology. And everyone in here should start uh, kind of reading or understanding about a traditional versus generative AI. And, um, and, and also uh, like how that affects storage, data storage and data protection because it creates like massive amount of data that we were discussing, right? And and that is exactly where uh, we PR Storage as a company has been extremely successful. And uh, I, I would want our, our listeners to kind of go ahead and, and read blogs or, or watch certain videos on YouTube, uh, whatever makes sense to them. But yeah, uh, that's the future and you got to uh, catch up to it. All right. I, I really appreciate the conversation, Debjeet. And uh Everyone out there, please make sure you go to LinkedIn and you search for Backup and Recovery Professionals. There's a, there's a LinkedIn group that I run. There's over 25,000 professionals out there, security, storage, backup and recovery and data protection. Go out there, join the group and join into some of those conversations that we're having as well. And also, please go to Apple Podcast and uh, write a review on Data Protection Gumbo. All of those reviews help us out and to help us rank a little higher. So, Debjeet, once again, thank you for being a guest on Data Protection Gumbo.